Now, the topic of this podcast primarily is aimed at those up-and-coming students who are living in the UK. But regardless, if you're not, it will nonetheless give you an insight into uh, the upper stages of uh, people between the ages of 15 and 18 and even beyond if you're a mature student theoretically speaking anyway but jokes aside what I intend to talk about in this podcast will be potential paths in the UK at least for for further and higher education Now, the idea of this particular podcast is not for me to say what to study, it's what to consider when choosing what you want to study. With that in mind, for this first part, it's primarily aimed at students who are on the verge of or soon to start their GCSEs which is, uh, for those of you that aren't from the UK, short for General Certificate of Secondary Education. Things to think about when you're 15, 16 years old, and 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 in the UK, of course, is to think about the subjects at the moment that you enjoy. At least that's what works for me anyway because it's all well and good trying to think about the subjects that you've been advised will pay off in the future and that's true however if you don't enjoy the subject you're not getting as much from it as you probably should do let me explain Now, I appreciate that in an ideal world, it would be best to visit universities or places of uh, further and higher education before thinking about this sort of thing. But in the present circumstances, this is probably going to be the next best thing. However, I'll relate my own experience as a... I suppose the right word is header for the sort of things to consider. Now, when I was 15, 16 years old, when I wasn't suffering from a broken arm anyway, but I digress, I was not sure what I wanted to do later in life. Mentally speaking, I was not ready... I was not mature enough, I should say, to think about higher education. As a result, the English language grades that I got were insufficient for me to even be considered for higher education. I did do a college course that was less than ideal. But it took 
years of wasting my time doing a job I didn't really enjoy before I came to the realisation that I needed to get back into education and do something that ultimately will lead to me enjoying my job. Because all things considered, it could be said I left high school for the wrong reasons. Because I was fed up. I wanted a change. But I couldn't see the big picture. It's one of those things that, for me at least, came with age. My advice, don't make the same mistake as me. I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating having to be in compulsory education until you're 18. But, trust me, it's for the best. Even at this stage in life, being 15, 16, so either year 10 or year 11, one of the things that need to that needs to be considered when you're mulling over the possibility of eventually making it to higher education is what you want to get out from it. Do you want to stay close to your hometown? Or do you want to start afresh? First up, there's no wrong answer here. Or indeed, a right answer. This is because each individual student going to into higher education, whether it's university or higher education studying at college or apprenticeships or whatever. There's no right or wrong answer. Every student is different. Some prefer home comforts. Some, like me, preferred to establish themselves in a in entirely new surroundings. Those that know me in Bolton can certainly tell my accent apart from uh, the locals, let's say. <laughs> but I digress. But anyway, that is one of the things that needs to be considered, like I said. Let's face it. When you're 15, 16 years old, talk of paying in the region of £9,000 for tuition fees sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? And equally, in terms of the maintenance loans that you get, I'll get on to loans in just a second. In addition, the maintenance loans that you get, I'll just drop a ballpark figure that uh, could be paid per month, about £2,000 for one payment, and again for another, and possibly again for the third payment that you get in one academic year. So totaling about £6,000 roughly that you get for uh, 
maintenance loan payments if you're an undergraduate. It sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? And that, at this age, at this stage in development, I should say, it can be seen as both a good and a bad thing. Because if you're like me and your background is not swimming in money, but not necessarily poor, um, having that sort of financial burden seems like a heck of a lot in one go. But the biggest reassurance I can give is this is where student loans come in. Because the idea of student loans, at least for undergraduates anyway, is that you never see the, that roughly £9,000 per, per year. Because that goes directly from the student loan company directly to your area of study the same isn't for the maintenance loans though because the maintenance loans they are calculated depending on your in on your family's income because the the less well off your family is the, more, the higher amount of money you get paid as part of a maintenance loan. Now, that's not to say that you should blow your maintenance loan on things that you want. The maintenance loan is only there for things that you need, like paying for your rent at your accommodation if you're staying away from home, or for food and drink and also washing as well inevitably but I digress there have been students in the past I'm not going to name names but there have been people who have got caught out by not being sparing with their money their loan money I should say and they didn't have the easiest of times but if you're careful with it you can make it last longer than you realize that being said again just be sensible about it you shouldn't you shouldn't see it as oh god i've spent money you should really think of it per transaction think how much money you're going to be spending and plan accordingly. In an ideal world, it would be a good idea to uh, get a part-time job to help supplement the uh, income. That's the advice I would give anyway. It goes without saying that if you want to get the best out of your GCSEs, you should study as best as you can because colleges and latterly universities will only accept you if you have met certain criteria 
Now, I've got a translator form here in front of me for the different grading systems. If, like me, you got your GCSE results before 2017, then the grades that universities and colleges are looking for are between grades A star to C. If you are post 2017, then the grades you're, you'll be looking for are between 4 and 9. Truth be told, I still have trouble adjusting to the 4 to 9 grading system and even lower than 4. But anyway, if you're between 4 and 9, you will definitely be at least considered by universities and colleges. Those are some of the things to consider at GCSE age anyway. One advice that I'll put between the advice I'm giving to GCSE students and those that are in further education, it sounds silly but don't necessarily choose things that your friends are doing. Just because your friends find something interesting, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for yourself. Choose the subject that interests you. I can't say further than that. But anyway, on to further education advice. So this second part of the podcast is aimed at students who are in further education. In other words, they are doing subjects in either A-levels or B-techs or T-levels, whichever they may be. I'm not going to include an age bracket here because in college and sixth form, you're more likely to see students of varying ages. I mean, if I was anything to go by when I returned to college, I was roughly 25 years old. But I digress. Things to consider when deciding which area of study in terms of higher education you want to go to for. Now, the grading systems of each further education system that you yourself are studying will vary. I mean, the grading system for the brand new T-levels won't necessarily be the same for A-levels nor, nor indeed will they be the same for the route I took, which was through college with BTEX. But regardless, when deciding upon the route of higher education you may wish to take, 
look on universities websites for example it doesn't have to be universities i'm just using these as an example as this was the route that i took look up the area of study that you wish to go into let's say for example I'm not going to use my own example here because that would be too easy. But let's say you want to go into pharmacology, for example. Do some research in terms of what universities offer pharmacology, for example, as a area of study. Then decide about how far away from home you want to go for. In an ideal world, obviously with this podcast being recorded during the the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, that's easier said than done. But regardless, look up timings of virtual open days and preferably when restrictions ease um, if you can physically visit one of these places so much the better but in the present circumstances a virtual open day is the next best thing talk to the staff that offer these courses and discuss the entry requirements for doing said course and also discuss your UCAS score now I'll pause here for those that are outside the UK UCAS is the system whereby it gives your score depending on how well you do in high school and further education to and translates it to a number for prospective higher education facilities like university now when I was deciding on universities I needed to choose the places that I most and least wanted to study in a top five. And you need to rank them in terms of preference. Now there is a deadline for this and you have to bear it in mind in terms of how long you take deciding. Once decided, usually around December sort of time that's the absolute latest anyway that I would suggest then in the new year at some point you'll start to receive responses through UCAS about what universities are offering you either you'll receive what's known as an unconditional offer whereby the, the prospective higher education place 
are satisfied with how you're doing at the moment and they want to offer you a place now regardless of how you'll do how you'll do in the interim more on that in a moment or they could give you what's known as a provisional offer whereby they're satisfied with how you're doing at the moment but they want to see you sustain that momentum so you do as well as you possibly can in order to be accepted for entry at said facility or you could be rejected now there's no harm in being rejected not necessarily anyway especially if it's it's a place that you weren't that enthused about going to it's fine for the most part but then there's also clearing because if your grades are just short of what said higher education facility would ideally like there may be there may be room for negotiation i do use the qualifier may because it depends on the university or higher education facility in terms of what they are looking for now i mentioned about unconditional offers and uh, talking about how they are offers that mean the higher education place accept you no matter how you do in the rest of the academic year prior to starting at said facility however that should not be an excuse to if you coin if you excuse the phrase let your foot off the gas because results when you finally start at the place that you're wishing to start it may mean that the standards that you're facing will feel more daunting than you expect for example there there were people who i've spoken to who were astonished by the leap in standards from college for example to university they weren't expecting nor indeed had they heard of some of the methods that they were being asked to do that's no excuse mind you but it's just an idea of how easy it is to be caught out so if you're fortunate enough to be in a position where you have an unconditional offer and you have accepted that offer then good but do not let off the gas because otherwise you'll be left ruining that last academic year and those last few for example distinctions or distinction stars whichever it or a's b's c's whichever it may be and you'd be left ruining it when you go into that and thinking oh if only i'd done this if only i'd done that go into it with a positive mindset
So there you have it. I hope that this advice has been useful to current uh, 15, 16 year olds and also further education students as to the sort of decisions that need to be made in the run up to ultimately uh, reaching the end goal for entering the ideal workplace perspective anyway higher education it is such a rewarding process long term on a personal level I wish I had known that sooner I'm glad that I am on the right track now uh, if you'd followed the first instalment of this podcast you'll know what I'm talking about but few things are as rewarding as being able to use qualifications that you have in the area of work that you want to branch into I will publish this on Friday and from then onwards future podcasts will also be on Friday I shall see you soon hopefully you found this one today motivating if you are of the said bracket I was talking about and uh, yeah tune in very soon for the next episode